This sermon was recorded at the Johnson County Congregation of Redeemer Fellowship, a church that exists to cultivate communities of transformed disciples who live for the glory of God and the good of the city. For more information, visit RedeemerKansasCity.org. Good morning, everyone. The scripture for today's message comes from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. It can be found on page 527 in the Black Bible in front of you in the pew. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way, and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure, and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, if you're new here, uh, we just want to welcome you, and we're glad, we're glad that you're here today. This is uh, the second of two weeks that we're kind of open Sundays before we jump back into the Sermon on the Mount. Next week and the three weeks after, we'll finish that section of Scripture. But as we enter into this new year, I wanted to take a, take a Sunday and have Andrew um, preach from his heart and share with our people what's stirring around his heart. And Andrew gave a great and clear gospel message last week from 1 Corinthians. And this week... I want to speak about what it will look like for our church to raise the waterline on walking in the way of wisdom. I believe that the political landscape, the socioeconomic and social unrest in our country, and the kind of general animosity present in our cultural culture right now requires followers of Christ to be wise as serpents and innocent as 
doves. And that's nothing new. That's how Jesus said it would be. I think we need to learn and grow in our ability to walk in a certain way. Uh, we need to learn and grow in the way of wisdom. And that's what I want for you. That's what I long for, for every single person in this church in 2023. That's what's burning in my heart for us if you gave me an open Sunday looking into a new year. Proverbs, Proverbs is a genre in the Bible called wisdom literature. It is full of kind of morsels of insight or little nuggets of knowledge, but overall, it's a book that's about a certain kind of posture, a certain kind of pattern, a way of, be, a way of being that is saturated with humility and saturated in the fear of God. We can't be wise people if we aren't humble people. How do I know that? Because you can't love rebuke or correction or feedback or even just receive instructions without being a humble person. Instructions don't taste sweet to somebody who thinks that they know everything. You can't love being shown to be wrong unless you love the truth more than you love being right or being seen as intelligent. You can't love being corrected unless you love the truth more than you love vengeance or even getting revenge on someone who might deserve it. We know from the book of Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And one pastor says that this fear is the fear of running away from God. This fear is a fear of looking to something else for truth, of looking to something else for instruction, of looking to submit to some other authority besides the living God or relinquish control of our lives to someone else. If you fear being on your own or if you fear being separated from God's goodness and glory and his knowledge, if you fear being without that, if you fear being without him, then you're being wise. And this pastor also highlights that wisdom must include a sensitive, mature judgment or discernment of how the fear of the Lord should work itself out in all circumstances of our lives even circumstances that aren't specifically dealt with in the Bible. There is a mature discernment that accompanies wisdom and wisdom's application to life. The Proverbs are full of principles of godly biblical wisdom, and, and I'd exhort you to make yourself familiar with them and keep them as treasures for your soul. And that leads me to one of my goals today. Today I want to challenge you in this way, the way of wisdom for the new year. I want to challenge us to be a people who live in the way that God tells us to live. As we have crested 2022 and we've entered into 2023, I want us to do something on purpose. I want us to intentionally and explicitly consider and reflect the way of wisdom. Our lives will never be easier or less complicated than they are right now. There's no day coming for the Christian when we can just put our feet up and drift into the future, not for the Christian. 
which means growth, real, measurable, concrete growth in the way of wisdom is what we are after. So let me pray for us. Would you pray with me? And then we'll jump into uh, today's sermon. Heavenly Father, we sit in submission. We sit and we put on humility on purpose. And we ask you to teach us. We ask you to show us the wise way. Would you take your word and plant it in our hearts in a way that grows fruit, this kind of fruit, the kind of fruit that comes from listening to the way of wisdom and applying it to our lives, applying it to our money and our friends and our relationships, applying it to our work, applying it to every aspect of our lives, Lord. Would you make us humble people? Would we have the grace today to put on wisdom or put on humility on purpose so that we can learn wisdom from your word? I ask that you would direct us and change us and transform us. I ask you would convict us and comfort us. Holy Spirit, amen. I want to talk about a call today. I want to talk about consequences today. And then I want to talk about a command. I want to talk about the call of wisdom. The text says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. Wisdom is calling out. Wisdom is personified throughout the scriptures as this noble or virtuous woman. And she's not silent. She's speaking. She's speaking. She's crying out amongst the noise. Right now in our noisy world, that's what's happening. Wisdom's speaking out during all of the hustle and bustle of our lives. She's making an appeal. Verse 22 says, how long? How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge. The call of wisdom is plain. How long? How long will you love your unwise ways? There's a way of wisdom, but we love the way of folly. We get cozy with contemptuously mocking and ridiculing instead of searching for wisdom. We make friends with ignorance. We cultivate affection for arrogance and we become willing to turn our nose up at the call of wisdom. And wisdom asks, how long are you going to do that? How long are you going to keep being stubborn? How long will you continue to be stiff-necked and willful about your choices? How long? When When I was in my early 20s, I went, on a, I went uh, through a season of my life where I really turned my back on the church. I turned my back on Christ. I turned my back on everything I had been taught, on my family and friends who wanted good things for me. I made a choice to go after the world and worldly and sinful attitudes and behaviors. I was lost. And the more lost I got, the more obstinate I became. The more sinfully I behaved, the more prideful and arrogant I became. And a friend of mine, Aaron Williams, a man I knew and loved and grew up with, a man who loves God even to this day and is aggressively compassionate towards people, every once in a while he would come and see me. 
Every once in a while, every six months or so, he would make his way around Kansas City and come and make sure he stayed with me. And he would say, every time he came, he would say, Mark, how long? How long? How long are you done yet? How long are you going to keep up this charade, this nonsense? How long will you slap God, God's hand away? How long will you test him? How long will you pretend that you don't need him and you don't need his wisdom? And Proverbs actually explains to me what was happening, what was going on in my heart, even during those conversations. Proverbs 19.3 explains to me that when a man's folly brings ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. When a man's folly brings, you, brings him ruin, when a man's way brings him ruin, it doesn't humble him. He doesn't see the area of his ways, but he rages, points his finger and shakes his fists at the living God. When my ways were bringing me to emotional and spiritual and functional destruction, I wasn't humbled. I doubled down and I was mad at God and I was raging at him. And my friend, what a friend, what a priceless kind of friend said, how long, how long are you done yet? I don't want to see your pain and your folly wreak more havoc. And that's the kind of kindness, that is the kind of gentle mercy that Proverbs 1 opens up with. That's the kind of gentle mercy that comes from the book of Proverbs, inviting us to turn from our folly, to turn from our folly and listen to the call of wisdom. Verse 23 continues. If you turn... If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. The call of wisdom is to listen and turn from our own ways and, and adopt a better way. The call of wisdom is to turn from our own sinful way. That's the call. How long will you be simple? Stop. Stop it. Stop doing that. Stop Stop being simple. Stop your way of folly and scoffing. Come a different way. Turn from your plans and come this way instead. The benefits of listening to this call are all over the book of Proverbs. It says things like the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. The wise will inherit honor. Wisdom and discretion will be life for your soul. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. Good sense is a fountain of life. Whoever gets sense loves his soul. Wisdom is like honey. It's like honey to a wise person's soul. He who walks in wisdom will be delivered. That's the kind of call. That's the trumpet and call to us today over and over and over again from Lady Wisdom. Throughout the book of Proverbs, the call of wisdom is a call that's more precious than gold and it's more precious than silver. Proverbs says that whatever you do, Whatever you do with your money, buy wisdom with it and don't sell it ever. Don't 
ever sell it. Guard it. Keep it. That's what the book of Proverbs tells us to do. And if we don't, we'll have the consequences of choosing a different way. And we should listen and hear what those consequences are. I also want us to pay attention to what, I want us to pay attention as people to what happens when we ignore the call of wisdom. Proverbs 1 takes a sad turn into verse 24 when it says, because I called and you refuse to listen, I have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer them. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me then. So we see that wisdom won't call forever. Wisdom won't call forever. This is the challenge and the warning that I'm inviting us to absorb this morning as we look into the new year. Proverbs 1 also says, because, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. If you think about the book of Proverbs, this is the kind of gate that's at the front of it. It's, it's the opening to the whole rest of the 30, 31 chapters. That's, that's what stands at the entrance of the book. This majestic book that is full to the brim of the wisdom of God, in the very beginning of it, it calls out to us and says, listen, listen to what I am saying. And it says, you don't have to be a fool. You don't have to be simple or a dullard, but you must humble yourself and listen. And you can't just let it go in one ear and out the other. You have to listen like a person who listens and is one and so applies what he hears to his behavior. The consequences of closing our ears to wisdom are also all over the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs says the wise inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. A wisdom hater dies for lack of discipline. And because of his great folly, he is led astray. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will not be wiped away. The mouth of a fool brings ruin. The fool dies for lack of sense. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool. The treacherous are taken captive by their lusts. The treacherous destroys himself by his crookedness. A cruel man hurts only himself. The greedy suffer want. Whoever trusts in riches will fall. A man with a twisted mind is despised. The heart of the fool proclaims more folly. Folly tears down your house. The fool is reckless and careless. The simple inherit folly. The folly of fools brings on more folly. He who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Envy makes our bones rot. And all who hate me, wisdom says, all who hate me love 
death. To live out the way of wisdom, we must heed its call and do what wisdom requires. We must listen and obey. And we can't simply be listeners. We have to see to it that what we hear changes how we respond to the world around us. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we do that? How do we hear wisdom's call and listen and be wise? What should we do? How can we do that right now? How can we listen to the call of wisdom right now? In Matthew 12, 42, Jesus says, the queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus is wisdom incarnate. Jesus is greater than Solomon. Jesus' words are the words that we should listen to. Jesus is the word made flesh. All the words of God are the words that the wise will cherish and treasure and delight in and obey and organize every single thing in their lives around. The short and obvious answer about how we be wise is to do what the Bible says. To listen and obey from the heart the word of God. Because to those who are called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.24 tells us. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2.3 says, if you lack wisdom, pray for it. Ask for it. He'll give it freely because that's where wisdom comes from. So if you want to be wise, ask God for wisdom. James 1.5 says he gives it to those who ask. If you want to be wise, you have to get your mind and get your heart around the source of wisdom. You have to get your mind in God's word. You must get around Jesus if you want to be a wise person. You have to look to him and listen to him and delight in him and worship him. He must function as the central orienting factor of your life. And that's the hinge of this sermon. That's the hinge on which I want us to take a text from Proverbs right into Jesus's words from the Sermon on the Mount. I want our desire to be wise in 2023 to be fueled by our return to the series that we were in before Christmas. I want us to pay attention to the commands of Jesus. We've seen the call and the consequences, and now I want to think about what Jesus says to do. Because I have good news for us this morning. You don't have to be smart to be wise. Praise God. I don't have to be smart to be wise. The call of wisdom isn't about your IQ. It's about obedience. It has way more to do with listening to Jesus than it does about how many letters are behind your name. Remember in Matthew 7, Jesus sums up the impact of the Sermon on the Mount with these words. 
He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. So listening to Jesus, hearing and doing what he says is what a wise man does. It's what a wise woman does. It's what it means. It is what it means to be steady against the storm. It's what it means to be sturdy against the wind. Listening to Jesus is what it means to be wise in a stormy and windy culture like the one that we live in. If we want to answer the call of wisdom, if we want to turn to the right way, the way of wisdom, then we need to listen to Jesus Christ. We need to listen to his words and do what he says. So I'm, I'm going to fold the rest of this sermon back into the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to take some of where we've been and think about it from a context of longing to live in the way of wisdom. I not only want to call us to wise living in 2023, but I also want to remind us and persuade us of what wise living will look like. I want us to spend time remembering Jesus' words, where we've been so far, and assess and ask ourselves how we're doing. So let's take the instructions from the Sermon on the Mount and the call of wisdom and weave them together for the rest of our time. Wisdom, wisdom says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Wisdom says, blessed Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the hungry and thirsty for righteousness. That's what you have to know deep in your soul to be wise. Wisdom means blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. The wise man knows that blessed are you when other people revile you and people persecute you and when people say all kinds of evil things about you for the sake of Jesus. The wise person rejoices when that happens because they know that their reward will be great in heaven. Wisdom calls in an angry room, in a house full with tension and says, be reconciled to your brother. Wisdom calls for you to run far away from adultery. Run far away from adultery in your bed and far away from adultery in your heart. Wisdom calls for you to shut your eyes and protect your ears from evil. Wisdom calls loud and calls for you to be a man of your word and a woman of your word. Wisdom calls for the extra mile calls for you to reject retaliation. It's not going to work. Give to the one who begs. Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Wisdom is calling you right now. Will we be the kind of people that listen? Don't pray like the hypocrites pray. Don't be like them. Don't fast for the praise and honor of men. It's fleeting and it'll vanish. It's foolish. Forgive. Forgive others. Wisdom is calling you to forgive others like you have been forgiven. Wisdom, through the words of God's Messiah himself, is telling us 
To be a people whose hearts are tender toward forgiving others who have really wronged us. If you want to build on sand, friends, then a great way to do that is start holding grudges. If you want to build on sand, then hold on and clutch offenses in your soul against your brothers and against your sisters. But the house that you build will fall when adversity comes and great will be the fall of it. Wisdom calls out right now to this church, to this fellowship of believers and shouts, don't be obsessed with money. Don't be obsessed with your stuff. Don't be consumed with accumulating wealth on earth now, but be holy, holy heart set. Become completely preoccupied with storing up treasures in heaven, storing up treasures for your next house and the next world where moth and rust don't destroy anything and won't take any of it away. Wisdom says, If you look, if you pay attention, follow your money. Look and see where it goes and you'll know what you love. Wisdom calls out and explains to you that as much as you think you can, you can't love money and God at the same time. And remember, remember, folly is always calling also, always whispering in our ear. In Proverbs 9, there's a way of folly as well, and she's loud and seductive, and she makes similar claims. In verse 16, she says, Whoever is simple, turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant, and her guests are dead people. People that listen to her are in the depths of Sheol. That's Reality. You see, folly claims to give you what you need, to give you your heart's desire and what you really want. But if you listen to Jesus, you'll recognize folly and run from it. Folly, folly builds her house on the sand. If we want to build our house on the sand, we actually have a recipe for how to do that in the Sermon on the Mount as well. We could say things like be anxious, worry and worry and worry and worry and fret. Be worried about what you'll wear and what you'll eat. Be worried, be consumed with anxiety about the cares of this life. Be anxious about what others say. Be anxious about the future. Be anxious about God's desire to take care of you and provide for you and give you what you need. That's, that's building your house on the sand. And friends, Worry can't stand when the storm comes. Bitterness can't help you in the day of adversity. Anxiety can't help you when the winds blow. Grasping at your wealth, grasping at your stuff won't stabilize your soul. Anxiety and worry aren't structurally sound. It makes folly-like promises to us that it cannot keep. Abandon it and listen to wisdom from the the words of Jesus. 
Listen to Jesus and do what he says. The call of wisdom says that it's better to pay attention. It's better for you to pay attention to the flaws and failures in yourself and then help someone else with theirs. The wise man, the wise man pays more attention to the log sticking out of his own eye than he does the speck sticking out of his neighbor's eye. Wisdom is calling us to be that kind of people. Wisdom is calling us to be that kind of person because we want to build on the rock and listening to Jesus is how you do that. The wise woman knows that the critique that she applies to others will be applied to her also. The measure by which you measure others will be the measure by which you are measured, Jesus says. The call of wisdom explains that whatever we use to judge people with will be what is used to judge us. We will be subject to our own measuring sticks. So I want us to go home this week and read Matthew 5, 1, all the way through to Matthew 7, 29. In one sitting, read the whole Sermon on the Mount when you think about 2023. Remember that these are the words that build strong people. These are the words that build fortified hearts. These are the kind of instructions that build faithful lives. Read the whole thing in its entirety in the next couple weeks. Do it three or four times and experience your own foundation being strengthened for the storm and steadied for the violent winds of your own life. Because God chose what kind of storm we would walk through. God chose the times that you would walk in and the times that you would live in. God chose the times that this church would walk through. And he has has given us everything that we need to endure. So the appeal this morning is to put on humility and heed the call of wisdom in the coming year. Would we be the kind of people that listen to Jesus and obey his voice when we jump into the Sermon on the Mount for the next three weeks? We're going to move at this point to a time in our service where we take communion. We do that every single week because it's how we proclaim Christ's death until he comes again. If you're a Christian this morning, if you put all of your faith and hope and love um, in Jesus Christ, we invite you to come forward and take communion. And if that's not you, we invite you to pray. Maybe sit, maybe sit in your seat and ask God to reveal himself to you as Jesus, who he is and what in the world I was talking about. The way we take communion here at Redeemer Fellowship is we break, we break a piece of bread off and we dip it into a cup. The stoneware cups are wine and the glassware is juice. We'll have two stations right in front of me. We'll have one station over to the left here that's gluten-free and single serve. And then we'll have one station up in the balcony. We'll have another uh, area for prayer ministers to pray for anybody who would like prayer right over here underneath the stained glass window to my left. The, uh, the servers are going to come forward and the worship leaders and the worshiper, the worship leaders are going to come forward. I'm going to pray for us and our hearts and thank Jesus for his sacrifice. And when I'm finished, you can come up and eat whenever you're ready.
So Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that you died so that we could die. And thank you that you were raised so that we could be raised. Thank you that the call of wisdom isn't about doing something so that we get to be in your favor. It's about the pathway that people live who've been given your favor. Your grace is a gift. You love us. Would you fill us with faith as we come to your table? Would you fill us with faith as we come to your table? Would we reflect? Would we be convicted of sin? Would we be comforted in our weariness? And would we be strengthened in the hope and power of the gospel in the coming year, I ask, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Come forward whenever you're ready.